0: The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or
1: management of this radio station. Just give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, 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 no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I invite you to join our conversations live by calling in with your questions at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877 864 Four eight six nine. You can log into our live chat room by going to toginet.com, hitting live chat, and you can chat with us there and engage in our conversation. Today, we are talking about financial literacy and prosperity. You know, and many of us think of our finances as something that is somewhere over there. It's all about uh, banking, it's all about the greenback, the mighty dollar. And really, there is a much deeper uh, relationship that we have between money, it permeates every part of our culture, in fact from how we dress ourselves, what we eat, what we drive, where our children go to school in many cases. Do we send them to public school, private school, homeschool it's all about these relationships that are pieces of a greater puzzle and our guests today are going to discuss this relationship between financial literacy prosperity life purpose which is something that we focus on um, often on this show the show is all about life purpose mine being felicitation you know how how I can use my skills to help others create more joy in their lives and these gentlemen that we have on the show today are doing just that through financial prosperity. Our first guest is John O'Connor. He is a certified financial planner who has been involved in financial services since 1978 and received his CFP, or Certified Financial Planner, certification in 1987 his primary focus is ed- educating people to solidify their financial foundation he received a master's degree in spiritual psychology in 1996 and this deepened his understanding of what people truly seek in fulfilling in, in pursuing fulfilling lives good morning john thanks for being with us well I, you know what i i i I spoke out of turn we actually are going to have our second guest with us first and our first guest will will come on second so i want to share with you a little bit about our second guest his name is steve denunzio and i'm just looking for his brief bio here to to read it to you steve is also in the same realm but he comes, from, uh, comes to this p- place from a very different position. He really talks about soul purpose. And um, in fact, Soul Purpose Institute is the name of his company. Steve D'Annunzio is a spiritual teacher and productivity coach to many Fortune 100 executives, professional athletes, and high-performance companies. He teaches a new model of transformational business called Conscious Capitalism. I love that, Conscious Capitalism, and is the president of the Soul Purpose Institute. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, my dear. How are you today? Oh, I am great, and I like that you called me my dear. What a nice way to start the day.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just listening to you speak, and there's such resonance in everything you're saying. I just love what you said about using felicity and using uh, your life skills to bring joy to other people. What a wonderful purpose you have in the world. So I can see we're going to get along famously already.
2: Oh, well, well we do. I mean, we're, we're really approaching the same goal from a, a very different angle. And that is what I love about this show is I get to really highlight that with my amazing guests. So let's talk about collective human behavior and beliefs that um, are myth versus truth. Because there's so much of that out there in the world.
1: Well,
3: so what I discovered was as I was coaching people was that people always want to change their life results, but they didn't know how to. They didn't know where to begin. And what I found being kind of a behavior modification specialist to a certain degree is that people would try to change their behavior. And that's impossible if you don't change the belief that drives the behavior. And so the first place that I began was recognizing that we have a series of limiting beliefs that were driving limiting behavior that was driving limiting results, and that if people wanted to really live their life purpose, they had to understand that our cultural rule book, which is our belief system, taught by our parents, teachers, newspaper, radio, magazine, religious leaders, scientific leaders, political leaders, you know, elementary school all the way through college teaches us what I call inherited purpose, which is not our sole purpose. Mm. Inherited purpose is, you know, you should be a doctor. They make a lot of money. Or, you know, get into sales. Salespeople make a lot of money. Or become a lawyer because lawyers, you know, they're really successful, and they drive nice cars, and they live, live in nice homes. And these the, the, these beliefs have been programmed by parents and teachers that really love us and care about us, but they're not leading to a functional, happy, peaceful planet. And so one of the simple precepts I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead. No, I was. Good. I, I'm giggling here because I, you know, I come from a nice Jewish family, and my mother told me I should marry a dermatologist because dermatologists don't have uh, <laughs> medical emergencies. You know, they make a good living, but you know, they're home on the weekends and nights. So I, 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 I completely, I completely get what you're saying, and it makes me chuckle because it is such a myth. You know, that this, if we follow the, that yeah. right path, we're going to end up in our happy place as well as rich.
3: Well, it's it's so true that, that it, and yet your mother, our parents loved us and cared for us, and and they, they didn't recognize that we're going through an evolution right now, an evolution of consciousness, and that one of the things that John teaches people is, you know, how important money and currency are and the distinction there, and I'll get back to that distinction in a moment, but... Of course your parents loved you. They taught you what they were taught. And it worked for that time period. But now there's an evolution of consciousness. There's an evolution that's happening in people's hearts and minds. They're being pulled by a higher source to a higher purpose. And that purpose is written in their soul. And it's written, when I think of the soul, I think of uh, you know, a, a different energy than one's thinking I think of the energy of being and the awareness of being is called consciousness. You were going to say something and I interrupted you. Forgive me.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. You just, I, you know what? It's, it, it comes and it goes like the wave. So you just keep talking. We're going to be going to a break in a couple of minutes. So I just want to let you know that um, we are headed for a pause and I wanted to really touch upon this beingness because this is not something, it is something that is very natural to us. It's the essence of who we are and what we are, but it is not easily accessible for us when we get into the busyness of life. And that is what you, your work is geared towards. That is finding and, or uncovering, you know, teasing away the, the, the noise and the static around our lives is part of what the discovery of the soul purpose is about.
3: Well put, Lisa, beautifully put. Well, you know, that's the first piece is that most people believe they're a thinking mind. And in fact, sadly, the thinking mind is the lower self that most of us look at as ego. And in there is a cultural rule book of beliefs put there by others who are unhappy for the most part. And we're running these beliefs and then we find out the dysfunctional and we think we're broken and dysfunctional. But in fact, all that's happening is we recognize our beliefs just need an upgrade. I mean, when Adobe Acrobat sends me, you know, Adobe 12.0, just upgrade, I'm like, good. Okay, I'll do that. (laughs) Why aren't we doing that? (laughs) So we're upgrading our beliefs. Yeah, the discontent that people are experiencing around their money and their finances, and John will talk more specifically. I'll be a little esoteric, and John will be a little exoteric, I'm sure. Oh, I like that. I like that. that the discon- yeah. yeah. The discontent has a purpose. The discontent oh, people yes. are experiencing. if your listeners are experiencing discontent, let them know there's a benevolent power to that discontent, because it's the universe showing them what's not working, how not to think, how not to earn. And what doesn't work when it comes to money and finance, so they can celebrate that.
2: <laughs> we are going to head to a break, and with that, I, I want to I, you know pose the question or offer the um, consider the uses of adversity, you know, and this is the the, the blessings of a skin knee or how do we make uh, lemonade out of lemons? And I want to really stay with this when we come back because this is really the crux of breaking free of the cycle that keeps us bound up. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. My guest today is steve denunzio we are talking about financial prosperity and, and emotional intelligence and to learn more you can find out uh, by going to soul purpose again that's soul on twitter it is soul purpose i n s t and on facebook SoulPurposeInstitute. purpose institute here come the tunes
1: We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on TogiNet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break.
4: Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, "Got Happiness Now: Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life," available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com.
1: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on TogiNet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on TogiNet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are just joining us, we are having a very, very important discussion about financial literacy and prosperity, how we relate to money, how money either defines us, contributes to our happiness, or perhaps it binds us. Our relationship to money is not free and easy and we live in a scarcity mentality. And the guest that I'm speaking with today first is Steve D'Annunzio and he is uh, the owner and founder of the Soul Purpose Institute and we are talking about collective human behavior and beliefs, those that uh, free us and those that that keep us stuck. So Steve, let's talk a little bit about... um, a process that you have created that can help us better our relationship towards ourself, towards our finances, and live on point and with purpose.
3: Wonderful. So there's two kinds of beliefs in the world. As you well know, Lisa, having read your material and listened to your work, there's two kinds of beliefs. There's limiting beliefs, which are based in fear, and they were taught to us by people that really cared about us, And yet, because we're evolving, they're really no longer functional. And then there's beliefs based in love. And we might call them empowering beliefs. And what we find is discontent is a really benevolent power in the universe because it shows us when we're utilizing dysfunctional beliefs based in fear, lack, worry, doubt, and negative thinking. Now, the problem is most people cannot see their unconscious and their conscious mind. They can't see it because they believe they're the thinking mind. So they have to understand first. I'm going to give them the how to It's really simple in a moment, but just set this up by having most people listen to this show understand there are three realms of potential, body, mind, spirit. The physical realm shows up. It's the lowest realm of potential. The physical, though a great gift. And it shows up as animal instinct. Fight or flight is an animal instinct. Then we see the second realm of potential, mental realm, where most people, when it comes to money and finances, are completely stuck in what I call the cultural rule book. And the mental realm shows up as the ego thinking mind. But there's the spiritual realm, the realm of soul, the realm of soul purpose. And what is the spiritual realm? How does it show up for us as what we would call the aware mind? Awareness of who I'm being and what I'm thinking. So what techniques can people use to cultivate the aware mind since we're currently living in what I call the dark ages of the mental realm? The dark ages of the mental realm are where people that are in positions of power are using force and they're using crony capitalism, they're not aware of who they're being. In conscious capitalism, we say, who am I being here? Am I being loving? Am I being manipulative? Am I being deceitful? Am I being seductive and exploiting people? Or am I focusing on value creation? Am I focusing on serving this person? Am I focusing on... The recognition that the highest realm of potential—that everything I do to Lisa, I do to Steve. Everything I do for, thing I do for Lisa, I do for Steve. Well, so these it, realizations it, it, begin to shift.
2: Well, I was just going to jump in and say Go that ahead. by ad- adopting this paradigm, that what I do for for myself, I do for you, and what I do for you, I do for myself, is is really believing and understanding that we're not separate, and that uh, every move that I make is. For the the collective good or or negative of of those around me, and this is a this is a giant um, requires a giant perception shift on the part of many to understand how this energy this relationship of energy because it is really about a relationship to energy money um, shifts when we shift our attitudes. One
3: hundred percent correct. And how do we know that's correct? Because the people that are making this shift from believing they are just a thinking mind are shifting to from the ego self to the God self, classically known as a shift moving from the head to the heart. Mm. And they're living extraordinary lives. And this is not accidental. Success leaves clues. Success leaves <laughs> clues. So. When you recognize that 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 the success that people that are making this shift are experiencing is is very purposeful, it's it's showing the way for all of us to recognize there's a power to failure. It's merely accelerated learning.
2: Oh, there are all kinds of of um, perfect little. Th- I guess they would call, be called tweetable comments that you're making. I mean, that, that, that's lovely. And I love what you say about success leaving clues. I want to go back to something that you mentioned about crony capitalism because that is a great phrase and it is how business has been done heretofore. It's all about who you know, not necessarily what you know, and um, it might not necessarily be the best paradigm to operate in.
3: Well, it, it's, it's important for people to attempt it, because then they'll suffer, and it, it gives purpose to the suffering. They'll recognize, oh my goodness, I know there's no accidents in the universe. Everybody on planet Earth knows that one. Sure. and. I'm going to blame everybody else for a while for my suffering. It's not me, right? The wonderful me is never wrong. It's my parents. It's my teachers. It's the government. It's the political. It's Wall Street. And then finally we get over all that crap and we get serious about our own happiness. We get serious about our own health. We get serious about our own wealth and say, I am responsible. It's not my fault. Fault being fear-based, responsibility being love-based. Well, there's a profound shift right there. Then we oh start God. to look, we start to sit down and really contemplate. We begin a meditation practice just by having a soul-searching moment in our lives because suffering has us really search the soul. Why am I here? What am I? Who am I? What's my contribution? Where is this place? You know, we ask the big five, you know?
2: hmm
3: And when we ask as the Buddha brilliantly said 2,600 years ago, when the teacher's ready, the student appears. Uh, Excuse me, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. And the first thing we want to practice, and if anybody's listening, I want to give you the how-tos of the course that I teach and have been teaching for 22 years. And it's really simple. It's the acronym APRIL written down the page, A-P-R-I-L. And A begins with awareness. And it's the first law... Of spiritual work, which says, I cannot change what I'm unaware of and can only change what I'm aware of. It's the ABCs of soul purpose. And every, uh, you know this, and I'm sure all your listeners have touched on it. So it starts with awareness. And the law of awareness again is that I cannot change what I'm unaware of and can only change what I'm aware of. Now there's One great, powerful spiritual discipline to awaken one's awareness, and of course that's called meditation. And as you begin to meditate, your awareness gets supercharged. You become literally hyper-vigilant to who you're being, the thoughts that are coming out of your mind, and you'll start to see thoughts coming out of the unconscious that are really weird and dark and scary And if that's happening, listeners, everything is right on track, okay? Because now you've opened Pandora's box. You've seen these beliefs that have been generating really negative behavior, but they were wrapped in the ego. They were wrapped in the unconscious. The minute you begin to meditate, you're tapping from super consciousness, the the, the, the unconscious mind, and you open Pandora's box. You see all your ugliness, all your hateful thoughts, all your scarcity, all your fears around money. And we begin to pee in April, the second spiritual discipline, which is presence. Presence is being here now, ready to do something about it. Now, most of us aren't even present. Mm -hmm. We're dragging some crappy past, hoping for a better future. All that's unreal. Presence is I'm aware and I'm here now. My awareness is in the here now And I'm ready to do something about it. And what do we do when we see all these heinous thoughts of scarcity, the scarcity paradigm that has 99% of humanity hoodwinked into limiting beliefs? We are. We release these negative thoughts, these negative beliefs, to our source, to the universe. You may call it God. You may call it infinite consciousness. You may call it the million other names of source energy, but we're releasing it. We're not fighting them. We're not energizing them. Please don't energize them. We're just letting them go. Then I in April is intention. And I wanted to define intention as the sixth sense. Human intention is the sixth sense. It is a noble goal plus non-attachment. So we're being intentional about our life. Like, very first thing you did in this show was brilliant, total brilliant, not accidental. You declared your intention to your audience, and I bet you do it every single show. Then you Indeed. declared John's intention. Then you declared my intention. I mean, that's genius. And we must temper intention with non-attachment. <laughs> the reason that's <laughs> you know, it's important so is... Well, Go
2: ahead. No, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's very, very true. And to be uh, gentle with ourselves. And I, and I chuckled, you know, boldly because we can set our intentions. And, you know, life doesn't always uh, conspire in, our, in the same timing as our intentions. So it is uh, important mm. that we set these intentions, we work towards creating them, and then we allow. And I don't, I'm going to now jump out of the conversation because we need to finish up and go to break. So go for it.
3: So the final piece, the reason uh, non-attachment is so important when we're setting intentions is because when we're attached and the intention doesn't show up in our own time frame, we go into fear. But we can't do that. We know that doesn't work. And the final L in April is love. And love is not love as an emotion, but rather love as a way of being in the world. It's choosing to be the greatest expression of the highest version of who I am. I'll leave that right there, Lisa.
2: And that is perfect. And it's the great segue into the question that I I often ask people that I work with is, A, how are you going to show up for life? And how do you make love to life every day? Because love really is the... uh, the, the the best medicine for everything you're listening to harvesting happiness talk radio and i want to thank you steve D'Annunzio, and i hope you'll come back again and expound on this incredible relationship between soul purpose and thriving uh, financially thriving emotionally in this world to learn more about steve i'll tell you in a minute we
1: know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on TogiNet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on
3: iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes.
4: likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h-factor where is your heart documentary film happiness is an inside job products including the sterling silver infinity bracelet that benefit harvesting happiness for heroes a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues join us at harvesting happiness on facebook Gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, "Got Happiness Now: Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life," available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com.
1: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on TogiNet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on TogiNet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about financial literacy and prosperity today. And I wanted to just uh, circle back to our last guest, Steve D'Annunzio, and make sure that you have his contact information. His website is www.soulpurposeinstitute.com. On Twitter, he is SoulPurposeInst, so that's SoulPurposeInst. On Facebook, it is SoulPurposeInst purpose institute three words again on facebook soul purpose institute um, on Facebook and now we're circling back even earlier in the show to my friend John o 'Connor who is a certified financial planner he's been involved in the financial service industries since 1978 and as I mentioned before he has a master's degree in spiritual psychology and and this deepened his understanding of what people truly seek in pursuing fulfilling lives good morning John thank you for being with me this morning hey
0: it's great on I'm glad I finally
2: got through. <laughs> we're here, we're connected, and as I mentioned to Steve, we're having a Mercury in retrograde kind of morning, if you believe in that sort of thing, and that's when all things mechanical go catawampus.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> but we're here. Not a problem.
2: <laughs> we are here now, and let's talk about the definitions of prosperity and prosperity intelligence.
0: Right. Would love to, and uh, you know, I love what you're up to. From the first time I heard you, when you were on the radio with Dennis <laughs> Prager talking about happiness, because that—that oh. that to me is the essence of what prosperity is about. And uh, so, it's, a lot of people will think that prosperity is about money and the uh, material side of life, and that's important, absolutely but there's so many other pieces that are so important. If we have a lot of money, but we don't have our health or we don't have our emotional or our mental or spiritual connections or our family, uh, we're in trouble. We're not really you know, going to be very uh, fulfilled, happy, or prosperous people. So to me, prosperity is about having a balance and addressing all those important areas in life. I've just boiled it down to seven basic things um, you know the physical this will this will come right out of USm you know physical emotional mental spiritual um, relations family and vocational is one that's really overlooked and that is the the work of your life and really finding that work that you would never want to retire from I think what Steve would say soul purpose work and uh, and then Finally, the one which is all about exchange between people is the financial side. And that's the one that really gums up the works for so many people. And it's so easy because, you know, we've all been taught a lot of things that actually don't work the way we've been taught. So uh, my job is just to uh, be an educator and help people understand how to take charge and become a, a wise steward of their financial resources so that they can make the most of their lives and not be, become a slave to the financial institutions or the government and, uh, or to themselves even, you know, just by not noticing what they're doing.
2: Can I just jump in here for a minute to clarify the difference sure. between being a consumer and a steward? Because this is really important. Our culture, Western culture, is based on consumerism.
0: Yes, I think that's, that's certainly become the case, but that uh, has not always been so. And uh, as we've gotten more mechanized and more uh, industrialized, uh, we've gotten more specialized. And as a result of that, you know, the encouragement to us is to become good at one thing and then let others take care of the other things, which is absolutely a brilliant, uh, brilliant thing that has done a lot of amazing uh you know, created a lot of prosperity in cultures, but it's also disconnected people unnecessarily from, from noticing the connections and, and really it's disempowered people and it's given people the idea that they can just hand off their uh, responsibility and their authority for making decisions in certain places. And, uh, you know, we certainly need experts, but we, we really don't, we can't really lay off the responsibility because the truth is, whether it's our health or our relationships or our financial situation, we're the ones that get the results. And uh, even if we have some you know, big company or somebody with lots of letters after their name telling us what to do, it's really incumbent on us to be the wise steward that takes the time and says, wait a second, I don't understand that. How, how will that work? You know, and people buy into things way too easily because the person in front of them seems to be very successful and, and uh and you know, people really need to, I believe, just keep asking questions until they really have it inside themselves and they know this makes perfect sense. I get it. And unfortunately, most people have been put into that position of just being a consumer instead of uh, taking responsibility as that wise steward who makes sure they work with people who will take the time to help them see and understand and, and be connected to what those decisions really mean for their future.
2: What are some key financial decisions that people are misled to adopt?
0: Well, you know, probably the biggest one. We all, you know, it's not going to be a surprise. People, you know, in a, this is a, maybe it's not a considered a financial decision, but people just don't save enough. People, um, have been talked into, you know, pursuing all kinds of material stuff to look cool or be, uh, be the in person or have the, the nice car. That's number one. But, but I think some of the keys are really, you know, people that are saving, you know, they're saving a considerable amount. A lot of times what we see when they're saving in ways that they've been encouraged to do. uh, Sometimes that's with retirement plans. Uh, Sometimes it's saving money for, you know, you have kids. You may be saving money for your children's education. And uh, unfortunately, this is one of the things we teach people about, those plans that people set up for their kids' education or for their own retirement, they have hidden dark side that may end up costing people a lot more money down the road than they ever would have dreamed when they actually were doing the right thing, saving the money. But the way in which they did it just kind of looked at the surface level and said, Oh, it's a education plan. I'll just put it there. Everybody else is, or it's a retirement plan. I'll just put it there. And, Really, uh, people end up paying a lot more tax or having a lot of higher tuition. And so uh, those are two really big ones. Another one that is huge for many people is the uh, area of mortgages and how we finance you know, our living you know, where we live. And people have been taught, um, I think, a confusion about what the difference is between debt and liabilities. You know, so you could have a mortgage and be paying on, on your home and have a deduction for that and, um, versus the guy across the street. If he had the money and he decided to pay his house off, he may feel emotionally a lot better about having his house paid off. But he also has all that cash now tied up in the land, and it's not doing other things he could do. And also, it means that he doesn't get a tax deduction. So we, we help people look at the multiple levels that are going on, which is pretty overwhelming, but we have a way of bringing it together and simplifying it so people can see it and make really clear decisions about multiple pieces and effects. Um, and we we take it at the speed that people can take it in and understand it so that once they really start to grapple with all the various pieces and get a handle on it, that doesn't happen, you know, like with a quick report. It really happens happens in a relationship of education and so that's what we, we love to do and it, it takes a while, but when we see the light bulbs go off in people's in people's minds where they connect one thing to the other to the other and they start to begin to have a really deep confidence about what they can do and how they're not going to set themselves up for big taxes or lots of extra costs, um, it frees people. And and to me, that is the idea of being a wise steward, is taking care of what you have for yourself and those you love so that you can really live the life you were born to live.
2: Mm. Well you know you and I have had conversations about this you know off the air and i what I have found most interesting about your perspective and how you come at prosperity intelligence is the opportunity cost you know really evaluating in in the example the last one you gave about a mortgage you know is it is it good to have a mortgage and good to have the debt, or is it good to have that piece of property paid off in full, but then you're sitting on your, your resources. And I think that this is something that we need to look at, especially as women. We're, we are not trained in, we don't start out being trained, I'll put it that way, in, in financial intelligence. Mm-hmm. It's something that we come to, many of us, by accident, you know, because we've uh, had experiences with divorces or financial challenges. And it's really, really important because when we are well educated, we can be the masters of our own uh, destiny.
0: That's right. And, and that is to me, the, the key, you know, men or women, no matter what, I mean, the truth is there may be a lot of guys that think they're very well educated, but you know, I'm a C, you know, I've been a CFP for 25 years and uh, I was a really rude awakening to realize that a lot of the standard approaches that I was taught to use with clients absolutely hurt them. And, uh, And so, to me, it's about getting an education, and it's about taking the time, which is why, you know, we we tune it in to whoever we're working with, because it's about that connection and the relationship and helping them connect the dots in their world. It's never academic about out there in the world and talking about mortgages as, you know, some mythical mortgage. It's about the real thing that somebody's looking at in front of them. And when we are connecting it at that level, that's when people really understand and make the, make the connection start to see how it all flows together. We are going to go to a break, John.
2: We're going to go to a break, and then we're going to come back to this when we return. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And my guest today is John O'Connor of Prosperity Intelligence. To learn more, go to www.prosperityintelligence.net. On Facebook, it is prosperity-intelligence. And when we come back, we're going to carry on this conversation with John O'Connor and learn some principles that he teaches within his programming. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back.
1: I wanted to make
2: a difference. I wanted to fight. We
1: know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on TogiNet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join
0: us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details.
4: Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day.
1: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Tobinette, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download this free iTunes podcast to learn more about financial literacy and prosperity, which is the topic of our show today. And I'm here with John O'Connor, who is the founder of Prosperity Intelligence, and we are talking about our finances. We're talking about how finances really uh, should be, if they're operating in our best interests, Integrated into how we live our lives and to be used for the greater good, to use our money instead of being a consumer-based society to be a steward-based one. And John, before the break, we, we, we began to talk about risk-taking and why people take risks that they might not fully understand. And What, what is it about risk-taking? What is it about the adrenaline-seeking, lusting parts of ourselves that uh, place us in risky situations? situations
0: well i i really believe that we've been marketed and trained our whole lives from the time we were little children watching television and hearing advertisements that uh about investing is about risk taking and uh so that we see the uh Merrill Lynch Bull and we get these images and the green line, you know, for your retirement on, you know, there's so many, you know, if you watch TV, you see a ton of ads. And in essence, these firms generally speaking are selling us stocks or bonds. And those, you know, there's nothing wrong with stocks or bonds, but for most people um, it's pure gambling. And uh, it, you know, when you walk into Las Vegas and you go up to the roulette wheel, you throw down your chip, you know you're gambling. But when you walk into your broker's office and he says, I think this is a good stock, if you just leave it at that, well, it's pretty much gambling as well because he or she may be very, very well-versed, but you are the one who's taking the risk, and you're the one that, you know, your future is tied up with this. And so I believe that, that too many people have been taught that, You just gotta get in, you just gotta play, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta have money on a horse to win the race. Those kinds of things instead of saying, wait a second, what am I doing here? Why does this make sense for me? And, uh, the truth is that people can end up very, very prosperous without gambling. And, uh, you know, and really the great investors are the people who've taken enough time to understand what they're dealing with. Uh, you know, like Warren Buffett is the ultimate example, a great stock investor, but he spends a great deal of time researching a company and and why they're going to be profitable. He doesn't just throw money in it, who's going to be hot, but that is really what people have been taught to do, and it really hurts most people. And uh, the brokerage firms do extremely well no matter what, so uh, they have a tremendous interest in getting us to play the game. But I, I really think that people just need to really be asking themselves constantly, do I understand why this is going to work? Or is it just exciting? Is it just, you know, titillating fun? And if that's the case, you can play a game. <laughs> you know, you can do sports. You can do something that gives you that, that uh, thrill. But uh, your money, oh, you shouldn't be doing that.
2: Unless you have so much disposable income that you can carve out a percentage. Let's say you acknowledge that you are a little bit of an adrenaline junkie and you like the thrill of the gamble and you're willing to just throw some into play. But that's acknowledging, that's, being, that's making a conscious decision that that is what we are doing, not becoming you know, a victim of it. And I think that there is a difference. You know, Many of us don't have that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money to just, you know, throw in and flush down the toilet well if I lose it it doesn't mean anything to me. It it is it's very meaningful. It it is um my future the ch- the future of my children which brings us to the next question, the next talking point about how much of our income should we be saving to set up a solid future?
0: Well, you know, this is a uh, this is a big one that you know, we're very far away from as a as a nation. We used to be much better at saving, uh, but the, uh, the savings rate is very, very low for Americans. And the the amount that people, I believe, should save, you know, and this would be ideal to teach, you know, like to your kids, Lisa, is that if you can get them to be taking, you know, when they go out and they work a the job, if they could set up a, a bank account and they could have 80% of that you know, is money that they're not going to touch unless it's actually an investment and something that's going to generate something for them. And uh, that they can, uh, pardon me, the 20% is what they're going to hang on to. The rest, you know, they can use it. They can, you know, buy bikes and, and do fun things. But if they were to do that over their lifetime and they were able to set aside 20%, that's a lot. You know, most people who are out there living their lives, that's just, you know, seems like it's way too much. Whatever people can start doing, you want to build up to that, ideally, because, you know, there's so many changes. There's inflation. There's technological change. There's all these issues going on. It's like we're on this moving escalator. And if we're setting aside a consistent sum, significant sum, 20% is significant that will give us the, the wherewithal to study and learn and understand how we can make the most of our money and how we can protect it. And uh, but that fundamental savings and people may need to just start with five percent and work it up to ten to fifteen. But uh, that savings, you know, instinct is something that gets built. I think it's a habit. And so if people are starting really young and really small amounts of money, that's probably more powerful than anything else because that habit compounds and the money will compound. And especially when you start to learn how can I compound money and do it in ways that is not going to lose money for me or lose control of my money. And uh, it takes a while to learn that, but it's learnable. Absolutely. We teach people that every day. And, uh, but if people aren't saving, it's really hard to do very much.
2: And it is hard to save. You know, many people are still recovering from the recession. And this concept of saving when they may have a lot of bills that they're sitting on is, uh, is tricky. And the balance of uh, you know, slowly paying off those bills and at the same time setting aside money for the future is, is very important.
0: Yeah, it it is, and and it, you know, to me, unhooking from so many things that I've been convinced that I must have, um, I recently cut off the cable. And so, you know, I'm one of those people, like a lot of people that watched a lot of TV in my lifetime, and it was kind of like this comforting friend in the background sometimes, and it was like, to cut it off, it's like, wow. And at first, I felt like, you know what am I missing out on? but the truth is that now I actually have more of a space for uh, creation and reading and and going out and connecting with people and you know calling friends that uh you know to me the real wealth in the world is people and our connections to people and our relationships and uh I love talking to a friend I haven't talked to in a long time and what are they doing and finding out what they're doing. And to me, that's, that is the wealth in my life. So uh, find out what's really important. And as I think is when people, if you can unhook from all those things um, and let go of buying so much, um, we can really focus on what's important. And saving becomes more, more uh, easy and more important.
2: Oh, I want to just mentioned something about the cable someone was telling me that they too recently cut off their cable and it saved them six thousand dollars a year now there you go right there is a nice chunk of a nice chunk of of, of investment into the future six thousand bucks
0: that's
2: amazing. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, maybe I should try that in my household because it would be a, a huge savings and it would force my kids to actually learn to engage in, in, an, in another way. But I do think your point is very well taken about teaching our children young to save. And my children, because they have been through a financial catastrophe, I am proud to say have learned to save. And they're excellent about running to the bank, putting their little bits of cash in, Carving out a little bit that they can play with, you know, the mad money for a new skateboard or a pair of jeans or whatever their pleasure is. So these are very uh, important life lessons, and it's important to understand that we can start small. So I want to thank you, John. We are about out of time and I want to thank you for being with me today and I want to do another show which we will create for the end of the year uh, and have you and Steve back to talk about you know, setting in financial intentions in, in the new year. But in the meantime, I want to offer our listeners uh, some information on where to find John O'Connor. He is at prosperityintelligence.net. On Facebook, he is at prosperity hyphen intelligence and uh here are a few thoughts before we part happiness is not a destination it cannot be bought sold or traded happiness will never invite you to the party happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion purpose place and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my amazing guest today who gave of themselves and their heart to talk about financial literacy and prosperity, John O'Connor and Steve D'Annunzio. And once again, you can learn more about their amazing work. For Steve, he is at soulpurposeinstitute.com and for John, he is at prosperityintelligence.com. Net, and here are a few thoughts. Uh, well, I'm sharing those thoughts, but I want to close out the show by saying this is Lisa Cypers, Kamen and Steve DeNunzio and John O'Connor wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. We have flown through another hour of purpose-driven media designed to inspire and delight you, our listeners, to create more joy in your lives and within your communities. So please um, write us, connect with us on Facebook. We love hearing from you. And if you have any ideas for guests that you think would be a great fit, let us know and i want to thank our producers today over at toginet that is karenna and casey and kelly st Clair, who makes me and my guests look great each and every week and remember just go out and make it a great day and thrive here come the tunes we will see you next week well you know what I'm 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 uh, early I'm done early which doesn't happen often cuz usually I'm garbling my words <clears throat> and chasing to the end but next week I want to announce our guest is Dr. Christine Carter and she is from the I believe it's the Greater Good Institute up at Berkeley and we're going to be talking about building happy families and this is a great topic because we all have families and we all want them strong happy thriving prosperous and flourishing have a great week Don't come-
1: Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts